Get your popcorn ready for the College Baseball Insider Show with Matt Grissom and Quentin Mills, giving you all the insights and analysis you need for the weekend slate that college baseball has to offer. are your hosts ready to dive into the top matchups what is up college baseball fans we are coming to you live for episode six week 11 of the show what's up quentin what's up man i'm i'm hopefully we have a better week than we did last week uh, i went to the beach spent a couple days and all my bet slips i just Put them in my account, printed them off, and just threw them in the ocean because that's about how it went. It was a nice donation on the East Coast. Uh, I'm going to turn that around, though. I'm back in Virginia. I'm wearing my trusty Gators hat, and we're gonna uh, they're going to get back on track, and my bets are going to get back on track. So optimistic. Yeah, you, usually we start the show by recapping last week, but there's really – We're going to just skip recap. it. We just <laughs> – we got obliterated. Um not that the the handicap didn't feel bad. I felt like several games we were on the right side, and whether it was a blown lead late or just dumb bad luck, I that that's really that's all I can describe it with. I mean, Hagen Smith pitches a, a great game on Sunday for the Razorbacks. They get they lead eight four. They have an eighty nine percent win probability. I think heading into the ninth inning and. They lose grand slam and then a walk off home run. They lose nine eight. So you you just can't make this stuff up. But here we are moving on week eleven. the uh, The slate actually starts today. You've got three top twenty five matchups going off today. Um, starting with uh, early, I think they moved it up maybe for weather, which we'll just dive right into with uh, Miami and Louisville here. That is a 4 p.m. Eastern start. So coming up, Miami is currently plus 110. Louisville, the home favorite at minus 140. And, I mean, you know these teams better than me living on the, the East Coast, but do you have a lean either way in this one? We talked about it earlier before we got on air. I think I'm going to sit tonight out. Miami typically doesn't play well on the road, as we can see. They're 4-11. and 11. Louisville. I'm still not 100% sold on Louisville. They are battle-tested. They played a, a tough midweek in Kentucky where they were able to win 7-0 in uh, Lexington. I, I'm i not a huge fan of Gage Zeal. He has gotten a little better over his conference starts. He struggled as a Game 1 starter early. They slid him to Game 2. Carson Lagoon goes down with a shoulder soreness-type injury for a couple weeks. Zeal slides back into the game one, and he definitely seems a little more comfortable. I don't trust Ryan Hawks on the other side. He gives up a lot of runs, 4-3-70 RA. Now, he does pitch a little better. Um, you can obviously see a Sierra sh- uh, shows he, he should have a little lower ERA, but Miami can hit the ball. The question is, are they going to actually break out of their their uh, road slump or their road um, uh, less-than-average performances? You know, it is kind of crunch time for these teams. They're, you know, trying to bid for a host, and we only have a couple more weeks left. Uh, I think that the game, if you're going to take Miami, is with Carson Lagone. I think he's their best pitcher outside of Andrew Walters and maybe Torres out of the bullpen, uh, starting-wise, that he's going to give you the best chance against Greg Ferrone. And then I would probably jump on Carson Leggett uh, on Sunday. I just – Rosario, he's so hit or miss. The guy could be, you know – Max Scherzer one night, but then he could look like, you know, a, a has-been pitcher with a 8-9-3 RA within the same game. Uh, it's just so hard to tell what Rosario you're going to get. Carson Leggett hasn't really let us down. He pitched really well. I believe in his only loss this year, he gave up three runs, and I think they lost 4-3. to three. So it's one of those stay away Friday, in my opinion, Lagoon Saturday, and then go to Leggett Sunday. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on Liggett. I I probably lean Louisville here. I wish the line hadn't have moved. You said it opened up, what, Miami yep. was plus 120? Miami was plus 105. They're up to plus 110 as of 2 o'clock Eastern time. Louisville was minus, I believe, 120 
opening line. Now they're minus 140. So uh, a 20 point swing. I mean, obviously somebody's put some decent money on the uh, on the Louisville Cardinals here. I mean, you know, Louisville may be one of those teams, kind of like we talked about, Florida and Arkansas. They're they're coming off a series where they get swept. They're back at home. They've really got to, you know, nut up and prove something here. I I would probably lean Louisville to take this series. I think they win tonight, and I think they could win on what would be Saturday, the Sunday game. But I, I'm with you. I think minus 140 may be a little too rich to lay on a team that – uh, we've seen, you know, not step up in big moments, but they did beat Kentucky in the midweek, which we were both on Kentucky. That was kind of a heartbreaker, but I, I, I don't know. The more I sit here and think about it, the more I'm kind of talking myself into pulling the trigger on the Cardinals tonight. I, I don't think you're wrong. Um, I, it's probably going to be a stay away for me for the simple fact of if I take Louisville, I know Gage Zeal is going to outperform and he's probably going to get Miami a win. If I, try to side with the plus money. I, I definitely see Louisville as the favorite uh, to win. So it's kind of a, just a stay away for me, just with my luck lately. I'm going to try to play it smart, but I, I do agree. I think Louisville gets the series strictly because they're at home. They had uh, a sweep last week. They had a really good win against a good Kentucky team. So that should give them some momentum. And then obviously Carson Lee gets automatic on Sundays. So that's one win. They only have to get one more to win the series. Moving on to the SEC, we've got Mississippi State taking on number 24 back in the top 25, Tennessee Volunteers after – I mean, what an impressive series last last weekend against Vanderbilt. They just uh, – for whatever reason, they showed up and, and they got it right. Do you think Tennessee, that was a, a fluke, or do you think they're here to, to finally start making some noise this season? I think, Ted, this is the test for them. When you look at them, they, they're they in playoff mode, and I texted you that earlier. You asked me if they're back. They might be, but I'm not ready to say yes until after this series. I've always said Vandy's hitting is kind of their weak link. Enrique Bradfield Jr. is an incredible defender, but he really doesn't help them at the plate much. Uh, if you can't get on base, you can't steal bases, and that seems to be kind of what we're seeing is, is his sub-300 hurts them, especially at the beginning of the lineup. They're pitching – that extra inning game really killed them. You know, when they had to rely on their closer to go four innings, you could steadily see his 93-94 mile-an-hour fastball drop into the mid-80s. Maybe he's a little tired coming into this. You know, I, I get he has a week off, but he's never really pitched four straight innings in a game that's different for him. There's a reason he's a closer. They typically only go one to two. Um, Mississippi State, didn't they win their series last week? Uh, they went three and or two and two. I'm trying to get it to load right now to look, but I'm I'm, I'm drawing a blank. they they're I will say this, they're turning it around. They're turning it around. Um, I don't think they're a layup as some teams, you know, can be. I, I'll be honest, I do think Tennessee could sweep the series. I, I think them being in playoff mode. I looked Andrew Lindsay's 0-2. The guy's gonna pick up a win this year. He hasn't pitched horrible, in my opinion. Dollander seems to be kind of dialed back in. Maybe that that elite start Saturday and then beam Sunday beams pitched pretty well this, this year, you know, maybe them getting a sweep really fires them guys up. Um, you know, Zane Denton, Griffin Merritt, Blake Burke. And then, uh, there was a freshman. I can't think of him. He's a lefty. He sparked that team, uh, with the, the game tying home run Friday night against Vandy. The kid's an absolute stud. He's pretty much worked himself into a starting role, whether it's DH or in the field. Tennessee needs to sweep. They got to get any any SEC wins that they can. And I think if they sweep this and they go 11 and 10, I mean, the magic number is going to be 13 or 14 to get them in. And they have a tough slate after this series. So I think this is a sweep or not die, but, you know, you got you, you to gotta get two or three. I think if you can get a third, you can kind of maybe afford another loss somewhere down the line. Uh, so give me Tennessee in a bold sweep here. So Mississippi State did lose their series against okay. Auburn at at Auburn. All right. uh, they picked up a midweek win against Ole Miss, and maybe that's what I'm thinking. As of. we know, two weekends ago they did be, they won their series with Ole Miss. So this Mississippi State team is so hit or miss right now. I mean, I think I think you're probably more confident in Tennessee at this point, which is really saying a lot given 
you know, how down Tennessee has been this year. But just looking at their home record, Mississippi State's away record four and six. And if you if you've watched the show lately, you've seen these graphics all change. And uh, now I've added the record by the numbers and and a few you know different key stats for the pitchers. I think the longevity of how far they go it'll better help you handicap. You know, if a pitcher goes two or three innings versus five or six, you know, you, you probably can put more stock in in handicapping a pitcher who goes deeper in the game. I think uh, so with that's your, what that innings pitched per appearance is. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I, because you're touching on that, Andrew Lindsay's only gone roughly three innings. I think he's able against a Mississippi State team, like you said, to sew up and down to really stretch that to five or six. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's just the average per per appearance. So as they've taken on different roles, you'll see those numbers increase. Like Q had said earlier, you're going to have your starters go a lot longer. So if you've got a guy that's taken out of a reliever position and thrown in as a starter, his, his average is going to be lesser because he, let's – Face it, he just hadn't had to to handle that workload throughout the season. But anyways, going back to Tennessee, so they're minus two, what two thirty now on draft. Yeah, they things. they open open up at minus two hundred five, and now they're minus two thirty. I mean, how do you not lay it? I hate to say it, but it's a fade against Mississippi State. I mean, on paper, Tennessee is so much better. They're and yeah. they 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 have to they're playoff mode. I mean, they have to win. They don't have. The opportunity to lose, and that's why I think, even though it's juice, it's it's a heavy lay. I think it's worth it. Yeah, I'm gonna ultimately stay away from it. If if there was something else to parlay it with, maybe. But I just I don't know if Tennessee should be minus two thirty to really any SEC opponent right now. Probably not. Uh, but another team that I probably shouldn't lay it with, and I did. <laughs> Let's talk about the Texas A&M Aggies traveling to Fayetteville to take on the number seven Arkansas Razorbacks, who just dagger through my heart last weekend. I don't know what that was. And then, you know, I told you I, the midweek against Missouri State was a horrible spot for them. I hope everybody followed that bet because that one did cash at, I think, a plus 230 price. Uh, but here in Arkansas, we can actually lay a run line. So I took Southern or Southern Miss, Missouri <laughs> State, plus three and a half run line, minus 125. That was a, a full unit play, which also helped my numbers. But this Arkansas team, they, they are at a point where they're crying for help. The injury bug has bit them so hard. Tavian Josenberger goes down trying to evade uh, the, the tag at first, just a horrible hamstring injury. He's probably out for a few more weeks. Uh, of course, we lost Wagner, who that was a big loss because that was our best home run hitter. But you're going to have guys step up. And, you know, there's a guy named, I think, Jason Jones, who if he can figure out how to get in the lineup, he's probably our hardest hitter. And he's a, he's a home run threat. But, again, he's got to be able to get in the game. Where that's going to be, I'm not real sure. Van Horn played musical chairs with the the positions against Missouri State. I think you had Slavens, who's our first baseman. He was out in left field. You moved around guys. He played a lot of guys that hadn't played very much this year. But this is this is where you've got to step up. And in true Dave Van Horn fashion, I feel like he's going to be able to get this right and win this series. And I think that starts tonight with Hunter Holland going. I don't think Hunter Holland has another poor performance. I think he steps up. And then there's a little guy named Brady Tigert who is back. Uh, Van Horn even teased that, you know, anybody can be a starter. And he said, Hagen Smith will pitch. Brady Tigert will pitch. And who knows? You could see both of them or either of them start. So I don't know what that's all about, but I, I'm going to be hammering the Hogs all weekend long. I don't think they come back and, and do what they did to me last week. Talk me off the ledge, though. I, I'm jumping with you, man. I, it's, I think what's helping me is, again, I said it last week, I really, I think in college baseball more so than MLB, you really have to look at where series are played so they get swept, but it was on the road. It's in a... 
in a, an environment that got louder and louder as we got through the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday matchups. You get to come back home. You just lost to Missouri State, so you're you're on a four-game slide. The number seven team in the country doesn't lose five in a row. Texas A&M is playing better baseball. Nate Detmer is their best option to win, but I'm I'm bad timing for A&M. You're catching a four lose four game losing streak with the number seven team in the country at their home field. Again, you mentioned the injuries. You said they're crying for help. They got their help. His name is Brady Tiger. That is the guy. That is the guy everybody's been waiting for. When he steps on the mound, he's deadly. He's, you know, an assassin. He he wins games for them, whether it's in a relief or a closing aspect. I don't think anybody's a starter. I will say that. I, I get what Van Horn's kind of doing. He's kind of playing coy, I think, a little bit as he has the past couple weeks. I think the team can overcome the injuries of Wagner um, in the in the uh, Jossenberger guy. I I. I th- Again, you touched on it. Hunter Holland, I don't think, loses two starts in a row. He looked, to me, he looked rough against Georgia. He, even though they had a 2 nothing lead early, there was a couple t- couple innings, second or third or maybe second and fourth inning. Bases were loaded with two outs, and he kind of struggled to get out of those innings with any efficiency. He was able to get out, and then it got you know too much for him, and they started giving up runs, and obviously it leads to a game one loss and then you know domino effects into a sweep. I don't see that. Good teams bounce back, and I, I have to take Arkansas at home with, you know, arguably their their best pitcher outside of Tiger. And and I think right now it's Hunter Holland. I've I've backed pitchers, Paul Skeens. I backed Brandon Sprout. I don't expect them to go undefeated. It's it's very very hard to do that. They get their losses out of the way, and they have great starts. You know, in the next start, so I'm going to lean on that. It, it's a tried and true for me. It's worked this season. I'm up units overall. I'm going to stick with my my rhythm. Yep. Well, talking about Paul Skeens, let's move on to Friday's slate. You've got Alabama traveling to Baton Rouge to take on number one LSU and Paul Skeens. However, if you saw the graphic I posted last week, Luke Holman of Alabama, he's also up there in the top five in pitchers in the SEC by ERA. I think this could be an actual low-scoring game. And given all of LSU's firepower, I I think Luke Holman could actually play pretty well. But do you give Alabama any chance at winning a game versus LSU? At least not on Friday. I think it's actually – if I was Bama, I probably would have changed my pitching rotation. I probably would have put my number two – or my number one guy in game two and pitched against Ty Floyd. I just think you're setting yourself up. You know, I know you're trying to even the matchup. It's kind of a heavyweight fight on Fridays, but I think you got to play chess in a, if you're an Alabama team going into LSU in a situation like this. Paul Skeens is so electric, I just don't see how they lose Friday night. LSU struggled. I mean, they lost to Nichols State or uh, Nichols, whatever they are, uh, yeah. Wednesday. They're they're not going to be happy about that. They're going to their guy. You know, they're, they're pretty electric offensively. They're pretty pumped when he pitches. Um, I think this is a bad decision to pitch Holman for Bama on game one. Like I said, I think you move him to game two and, and play chess with LSU's weaker guys, but they are 30 and 12. They're a good team. I don't think it's going to be an absolute route. I think Bama can hang. I just don't think they win this series. I do think they get a game though. I don't necessarily think this is a sweep. Yeah, I think LSU has, they just won their first SEC series in a sweep first Ole Miss. That's not really common for them. I, I think that's been the only team that they've swept. So I do think Alabama gets one, but I'm with you. I would throw Luke Coleman, you know, play some chess and and pick your position of when when you're going to try to get that win because I don't think it's going to come versus Paul Skeens. I would not be surprised if, to, if tomorrow, tonight, whenever the line's open, you see LSU as high as like minus 190. And even though they probably – Shouldn't be that price. It just I think carrying the number one beside their name is going to help boost that. But if Hunter Holland's only minus one seventy five versus uh, Texas A and M, I feel like LSU, you know, given their track record, it's probably going to be in the two hundreds. But I would say minus one is where it should be 
if it's anything more than that, I may have to just take a swing with Alabama. May the best man win on that one. I mean, I I don't know. I, it's like I said, at if they're going to throw Luke Coleman. I mean, at that point, you're just you're playing the number. If you if you're going to get Luke Coleman plus two hundred or anywhere north of that, I feel like I feel like you've got to throw at least a quarter unit on it just to see what happens. No, I mean, I like the strategy. I like the strategy. I mean, I, I like the strategy of pitching him game game two better, but again, I don't necessarily see that happening. So without that, I think your your strategy plays very well. Um, it's just, oh man, it's so hard to even throw a quarter against Paul Skeens. It's just so hard. Well, and I guess he has lost. That, he has lost, so. And part of that also comes with, when when they played Arkansas, Hunter Holland and and Paul Skeens, I mean that was a pitcher's duel. Absolutely. And so it got to the bullpen, and then Arkansas won. So Paul Skeens didn't get the loss in his column, but you know if Alabama could just hang with them, I think Luke Holman versus Paul Skeens, that's going to be a low scoring game through five or six innings. I mean you see both of them go around five on average, so uh, Skeens going six. I don't know. Crazier things have happened. Who has so. who has the better bullpen? And I'll be honest, I, I, I know LSU's, but I can't sit there and tell you I know much about Bama's bullpen. Yeah, LSU's bullpen, we've seen, they're not as good as, as advertised. Yeah, I don't really think any SEC team is particularly great in the bullpen. I think, you know, a couple teams have one or two guys. But it all depends on how they're, they're matching up. You know, if LSU has like a 4-1 lead, they're probably not going to throw their best guy out of the bullpen. But if it's 2-1, they may. So it all kind of changes through the handicap, which is why I wish you could live bet college baseball because what a wild ride that would be. But I'm, Don't ask for something crazy. Just get us over-unders, please. I mean, we can't even or, get an over-under, and you're talking live betting. <laughs> or series prices. Yeah, I mean, we're not asking for much. Not asking for much. Uh, moving on, you've got the number 15-ranked Kentucky Wildcats going to Nashville to take on the number five-ranked Vanderbilt Commodores, who just were abysmal last weekend, getting swept by Tennessee like we touched on earlier. I think they may have their pitching rotation finally figured out, but I don't know. I don't know if I could back Vanderbilt right now. You know, they've had the issues with offense. Kentucky's playing – I don't – they're playing well. They're probably playing better than what they are. But look at their road schedule at 10 – or road record at 10 and 6. Uh, and then RPI versus the top 1 through 25, they're 7 and 4. That's pretty good. And I, if you could get a price upwards of like plus 175, 180, something like that on this Kentucky team, I feel like you've got to take it versus Vanderbilt. <sighs> This is a tough one. Uh, Carter Holton should have had a win against Vanderbilt or Tennessee last week. I think he was robbed. Uh, they he had a good performance. He he had him down three one. I mean he had a hell of a start, and for him not to get that as a travis travesty. We said he was going to bounce back after that two thirds two weeks ago, and he did. He he pitched phenomenal. Do we have the same situation happen again? Does the offense? show up and and bat anemically again and screw Carter Holton out of another win? I just don't know. Uh, you know, Kentucky, I mean, they just took a bad loss at home against a rival, probably your biggest rival in Louisville. You got shut out. I, I texted you. I said they couldn't get the bats off the shoulders. They had opportunities to score. They didn't. They took couldn't take advantage of free bases. Now they have to go on the road? Give me Vanderbilt game one. And then I'm not touching the series after that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you. I'm a used car salesman. Right. So I feel like last weekend, and I know me and Johnny were texting about this. I feel like last weekend, college baseball got flipped on its axis. Everything that was supposed to happen did not happen. Texas A&M, they beat Kentucky in that series 2-1. I don't think Texas A&M is very good. And I think Kentucky, for whatever reason, they, they're they probably better than what I'm giving them credit for. They're not as great as maybe their record, but 
They're better than Texas A&M, just like Arkansas is better than Georgia. And I'll fight anybody who says that betting Arkansas last weekend against Georgia was a bad call because you're betting the number. I mean, it, you know, the Orioles may sweep the Yankees, but at the end of the year, who's a better team? And so you can't look back and say, yeah, I wish I wouldn't have bet the better team. It can't do Especially it. Especially the sweep. Yeah. I mean, again, so Texas A&M is not very good. I think Kentucky's better than that. And just because they lost that series last week, it's kind of hindering me away from betting them. But, and then the midweek, you know, what was the motivation level? Who knows? Well, I, I think, think for Kentucky, it's huge because it was their their biggest rivalry. I mean, well, that's just I mean, my thought. Like, could have been said for for Louisville. I mean, they yeah, they but Louisville showed out. Host Miami, yeah. <sighs> Here's the I thing, and I said it, and not to interrupt, but I I think it goes right into what you're saying. I've said it on two or three shows now. We're on show six. I think I've said it three or four times. Kentucky is good. They're playing above themselves. I said it about South Carolina. They're not playing above themselves. They are legit. Kentucky is not legit. They're good. There's a difference in being legit or elite and good. Kentucky's good. They've gotten better since last year. Like I said, they were the first team to beat Tennessee in a series last year. They did that, right? That's an accomplishment. Now they're a 30-win team. That's, to me, that's a successful season. You've went from here to here. South Carolina's up here. You're not. You're going on the road after losing a, a huge rivalry game. You 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 lost your last series. Now you have to go on the road against a Vanderbilt team that has at least their three starters, incredible starters. I, I think Cunningham's a number one on most teams, maybe not in the SEC. He's an ACC number one. Devin Futrell, he could be a, a two. On a lot of teams, he's a three. I'm not saying they're incredible. I'm not saying they're better than, you know, maybe Arkansas or, or you know, whatever. But you get what I'm trying to say. They're solid pitchers. Carter Holton's the number one on any team in the country outside of maybe the couple teams that have like a Paul Skeens and some other guys. To have to go on the road after a series loss last week, a brutal rivalry loss, it's tough, man. It's it's To me, Vanderbilt needs this win more than Kentucky. Kentucky's going to be in the tournament. They're they're good enough. Vanderbilt's playing for a host. And I, I to be honest, I don't think Kentucky necessarily is. I, I think Kentucky's going to be a two seed. I think they're it's going to be a gift if they end up being, you know, one of the top 16s. Vanderbilt's playing for a potential eight seed. So I think there's more on the line, especially being swept by, you know, your your crosstown rival. That's just the way I go. At least at least game 1. At least game 1. I agree to a certain extent. I, I also just don't think Vanderbilt's that good this year. I mean, well, offensive, I yeah, offensively they suck. Yeah, yeah, they suck. And facing a, a pitching staff by Kentucky that is wildly mediocre, but they're consistent. They, I mean, they're they're all in mid fours, and yeah. same with their Sierra. I I don't know. I think it's going to be a tough test for Vanderbilt. I would not. Vanderbilt's not sweeping, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I I would be very surprised if Kentucky doesn't at least win one. And to be honest, these three pitchers, I know they've they've started pretty much all season long for them. I, I haven't seen anything just super impressive by any of them. Carter Holton is probably the best pitcher. It, I, I don't know. I like Devin Futrell. But – Vanderbilt may have the pitching advantage, but I think Kentucky is probably better offensively. Without a doubt. When you talk about the bullpens, like we talked about earlier, I think – I don't I know. Think I think has the bullpen edge as well. I think if you get the right – if you get the right number on Kentucky, I feel like it's worth the play. All right, so before – we'll, we'll end on this, uh, and we'll move on to the next slide. What would you price maybe game one? Because obviously it's your best matchup. It's it's the most confident that I'm in Louis uh, Vanderbilt. I'm again. I it would only be a game one touch for me because I think you're right. I think Kentucky could win two and three, no problem. I wouldn't be surprised if they win one. But I just lean Vandy. Vandy, I would imagine is going to be like one thirty five. 
minus. Like, not heavy. I, I don't think they're going to be at minus 190. I don't know. I You think I, it's closer? I would say, no, I would say Vanderbilt's probably going to be a heavier favorite. Really? Yeah. I, I right. really think Vanderbilt's probably going to be like one minus 155, 165. So that would put Kentucky at what, like plus 130, 135? Yeah. Yeah. Around there. Man. Oh, wow. Now you might be uh, selling me books, here at something. These books made, man, they love that number five. Oh, number five. I know. Kentucky just got shut out. Oh, seven. I don't know. Oh, all right, let's move on. Because I, I that, uh, well, that's what I was gonna say. You've got that F on your hat. Let's go. Which you said was, what are you superstitious about it? What What did you tell me about the hat? Episode the four. Last time you wore it. Episode three, week eight. We went into Knoxville and beat the shit out of the Tennessee Vols. Let's go. Bounce back time for the Florida Gators. All right. It's your right, team. I'll, you talk I'll, about them. Yeah, I'll start it off. I thought Brandon Sprout pitched pretty damn well last week. The game was 3-3 three to three against a stud South Carolina team. I mean, that was a duel. To have Sanders and Sprout 3-3 three, three in the sixth, Sprout gives up a questionable double. It, it probably was a double. I think it was worth a review. They didn't review it. I, I think something that close, maybe you go to the cameras for. It is what it is. And then the bullpen fell apart. That is what killed. I think the I didn't see Florida getting swept. I thought the bullpen falling apart and giving five walks is the killer, in my opinion. I think that inning really set the tone for how the series was. Even I listened to 11.7. Dimitri even said the same thing. He's a former pitcher, and he kind of stated too like the strike zone got very, very small out of nowhere in that inning. And that guy should have rung up a couple batters, and he didn't. He sent him to first base. Obviously, I have a little bias, but when a third-party analyst is saying the same thing, there, there's got to be some validity to it, especially coming from a guy that did pitch Division One baseball. The strike zone changed. I'm not defending that by any I'm not saying that's the only reason they lost. The bats weren't there. I mean, they had two freshmen bat 400, and everybody else batted like 260. Uh, BT Ryapel is slumping right now. He finally got a, a solid hit. In the midweek, he got a couple RBIs. He's starting to smile again. Maybe that translates. All it takes is one, you know, one hit to get you back in a groove. And I think seeing that smile from him out of the frustration in the South Carolina series gets him going. I think Cags gets going. He had a pretty quiet weekend. I think Wyatt Langford finally gets something going. He's kind of been struggling since he had that that groinal injury a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think Hurston Waldrop pitched really well. He gave up two bad pitches, and unfortunately, it was it cost him five runs, a two-run shot and a three-run shot. But he did it against a such solid team. Missouri, to me, they can't they can't lick the jockstrap sweat out of South Carolina. I think Florida is going to find a way to potentially sweep this team. And I think Missouri is getting better. I mean, they were predicted to be one of the worst teams in the SEC. I think they had an early charge. Uh, but they have beaten a team like Vanderbilt, uh, I believe. Didn't they beat LSU? If I'm not mistaken, no, they didn't beat LSU. They beat somebody in the Shriners Classic. Yeah, you're right. They beat TCU. TCU. That's I'm sorry. Yeah, Texas, Texas, and TCU. So they played good teams, but I just think Florida is in a rebound spot. I think they maybe have a sigh of relief. They only dropped from a three to a four. This give me the first two games with Sprout and Waldrip to get wins there, and then you could flip a coin on Cags. So I think. The biggest thing that sticks out to me is that big uh, one and eleven under Missouri versus RPI ranked top twenty-five. I just think they're going to be outmatched completely. Now, can crazy things happen? Yes. Yeah, it was called last Florida. weekend. <laughs> yeah, that that's exactly what I was about to say. Yes, they can happen. It happened last weekend. I doubt it happens two weekends in a row. Give me Florida in all the money line parlays, and I'm going to be throwing in uh, Wake Forest. That's kind of like our baby right now. I feel like we're just, you know, taking really good care of it. We've got several futures tickets on them, or I, I know I do. They're playing Wofford this weekend. They're probably going to be two, minus, <laughs> yeah, minus eight fifty thousand. Yeah, 
probably too much to to really even bet or parlay. But Bradley Porth, if you're like- listening, don't lay the big line. It costs you in Tennessee. Don't do it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like maybe LSU. You parlay LSU, Tennessee, Florida. I feel like you're probably going to make money if you do it all three games over the weekend. But I. That the Florida Gators, man, I just really thought that they were going to take one against South Carolina. I'm sorry it didn't happen. Yeah, it, but you you move on. I mean, South Carolina is legit. I'm so glad I have a ticket on them. Um, your other team, I guess, just because of your your location, number thirteen Virginia plays host to number twenty Duke. This Duke team. It's like Jekyll and Hyde. I can't ever tell if they're going to be really good or really bad from day in and day out. They come in off a 5-0 week uh, where they swept Louisville. No one saw that coming. They beat Campbell in the midweek. Let's talk about Duke and Virginia. I mean, Virginia didn't look impressive last weekend. Duke's hot. Is now the right time to start backing the Blue Devils if you can get a big plus money price? I I don't know. I in a reason there's speechless folks. It does, it does, because I thought man, and you say they didn't play Virginia didn't play good last week. They haven't played good in the last two weeks. Remember, they lost two or three at home to Pitt. But then we saw Pitt turn around and beat. Sullivan and Wake Forest, three nothing. Now they gave up forty more runs in two games and only showed up for five, but it's to be expected, right? And then UVA goes to Notre Dame, which I I told you to bet Virginia. I thought it was a series win against an average Notre Dame team. They don't. They lose. Uh, they lost all three. Yeah, they got swept on the road. They struggled Tuesday night. Now they they won, but they had to come back. So then they they parlay that into another. I think they ended up when I saw the score last night, it was nine to four. I think they won thirteen to four. They're yep. maybe maybe finding their way again. The problem is I just don't know where UVA gets the two wins. I know Duke is kind of surging right now, but it, again, and I've said it earlier this show, I think Duke's coming into a Virginia team that is a little more desperate than Duke right now. I mean, UVA was a top eight team out, you know, heading into last week and the week before they're now out of that. They're playing for a host spot. Duke is playing for a spot in the projected 64 as a two seed. In my opinion, they're not going to be a host. We know that Virginia's playing for that host. They've had two midweek games to kind of get the focus going. They get to be at home. This is the start uh, this week was the start of 11 game homestand for them so they're you know they're going to feel good. They've got a little rain Friday, good weather Saturday, maybe some rain Sunday. I I would have to I don't see lines cuz I'm in the state of Virginia. You would have to kind of relay what the lines are, but I do think Virginia gets 2 or 3. I really do. I just I think mean, it's bad time for you. They almost have to at this point. Yeah. Like you touched on, they're they just fell out of that that top eight. And, and they're a good team. Like people don't forget, they're a good team. Yeah. And I think these two teams, I mean, looking at their pitching matchup, they're pretty comparable. Yeah. I think the biggest difference is Jake Jelloff with Virginia. I mean, you take his numbers off there and they probably are the same team. I agree. I think they do bounce back. They take two of three. I guess the only thing that worries me is this surge by Duke, and maybe they're peaking too early. But, I mean, eight and four on the road, nine and four versus top 25 RPI. I mean, yeah, Virginia's got – they're really good too. But I don't know. I I need to see that number, and we'll be posting our bets – you know, like we always do daily. But they're the number on your sheet, I think, tells us a lot too. What what's what's Virginia's RPI rank one through twenty-five? Six. I'm sorry, their uh record. It's five and one. Oh yeah. 
they play up to competition. They play ready when they play top 25 teams. They have one of the best coaches in college baseball to get them prepared. They played two non-25 teams. That's who they lost to. They got two losses at home. They're probably the best home team in the country. I think we have to lean on that. I really do. Yep. But they don't sweep. Duke gets one. I just can't tell you where because, like you said, they're two identical teams. That's the tough part is trying <laughs> to handicap which one. So I guess, you know, going back to how we bet these, if you're if you're pretty solid in thinking that a team will win the series, like I was against Georgia, you bet that accordingly. I mean, you if they lose game one, nothing changed. I mean, you still think that they're going to, you know, unless somebody gets hurt, you still think that they're going to win the series. So what does that mean? Bet game two and game three. Yeah. Now. Yeah, I think you, where, I think you bet game different. one. So where it was different for me uh, with Arkansas, and I'm sorry, I, I feel like this is an Arkansas Razorback podcast, and it's not, <laughs> but I got called out on it on Twitter, is why, why did you go back with two units on – the second day, and I said, look, I after they lost game one, I still believed that Arkansas was going to win that series. And so I, think I went getting, back yeah. with the same confidence I did in game one because I still had the same damn confidence that I had all along that they were going to win that series. Now, the only reason I went back on and bet the last day, because at that point I was 0-2, Hogs didn't win the series, I got the handicap wrong. The only reason I bet Arkansas is because they were starting Hagen Smith, who had not started in like five weeks. So I don't, I, I know I don't have to justify the bet, but that's why the bet was made. I'm not an idiot with this. I, I do what I do because I'm confident in what has gotten me to this point, and and I feel like I've, I've lived and learned betting college baseball. It's not always easy. But like I've talked about and like Ben Upton always says, the great teams that go on to win it all, they go hot, cold, hot. And as of right now, Arkansas fits that mold to a T. Uh, they started, I think, my gator. two 15-game win streak. Now they're on a cold streak. I don't know. The Hogs could get cooking if they could get healthy. I, I'll just put it. It's on getting healthy. Yeah. I, I'll just put it blankly to kind of, Bow up, you know, wrap it up and bow what you said. And this isn't a shot at anybody because do do I think I or do I think you are the best college baseball handicapper in the country? Probably not. There's probably somebody that just doesn't have something that probably kills it. And that's awesome. If if you we go on the numbers, I, I backed Herson Waldrop. You know, I, I thought they were gonna get either game one or game two against South Carolina, one of them. I thought the numbers were there. I bet them. I lose them. It happens. But I took that same strategy against a Tennessee team when Florida was plus money. I said, they're going to win game one on the road. They win. Okay, well, I think they're going to win that series. I told you they were going to win that series. I then bet them game two because that's what you do. You put the numbers on the table. You figure it out. If it lines up, you bet them. If you think they're going to win the series and they won as a plus dog, well, you think they're going to win again. You got to win two games in a series to win it. So if I think they're going to win the series, why would I bet game one they win and then I just back off? You know what I mean? So the thought process is there. If you feel, and I say you as in anybody to the public, if you feel like you have better info, please come on the show. You're only making us better. We we would love to learn. I don't know everything. You don't know everything. If if you have better info, please bring it on because it makes all of us better. We're here. We're free. We don't charge for picks. But when the numbers are there, just because you lose three in a row doesn't mean you weren't on the right side. I mean, there is probably not a single person outside of just being a biased Georgia fan that could have numbers back up the fact of UVA or UGA was going to sweep Arkansas. Nobody in the country – I'm confidently saying that thought that it happens. Yeah. So we move on. We're going to probably win this weekend. It just is what it is. You can lose a bet and be on the right side. It happens all the time. Yep. Well, looking back, I wish I wouldn't have when I, earlier I said an 89% uh, win percentage, their prior win probability 
at one point in the night, they had a 98.7% win percentage and lost. Yeah, and, but it happens in all sport. We watched yeah. we watched a guy in the March Madness, I believe it was TCU, was like minus four and a half. They're covering. This kid throws up a three-fourths court shot and hits it to take away the cover. That's a 99.9 with like one second left. You're yeah. telling me I wasn't on the right side and he just hits a freaking full quarter? Come on, man. Like it happens, but we move on. It is what it is. They want to call us out. They don't post plays. It is what it is. Well, is there anything else that you like? And apologies, I ran out of time to do a, a preview card for number 17, Arizona State. They're going to Eugene to take on the 23-ranked Ducks. Pac-12 has not really been nice to me this year, and I don't really have a gauge here either way. I thought that Arizona State would lose one of two in their Cal State Fullerton midweek. Of course, I bet the day that they lost and uh, didn't – or wait, yeah, Fullerton. I bet the day that that Fullerton lost the game and then they turn around and beat Arizona State in the second well, game. But I'll be honest, I didn't see them beating Oregon State in the series either. I mean, Oregon, you've, you've got Jay Stoffel, who's been pretty solid. Arizona State, their pitching is not great. I mean, you can look back on last week's previews to kind of get what their rotation looks like. But I feel like Oregon takes the series. I, I'll probably bet it if it's evenly priced, but I feel like Oregon's probably going to be like minus 140, 150, and that's just too much juice to lay in a Pac-12 game. I think they're a good parlay team, at, like with Jay Stofel, like you just said. I, I think um, they. I, I was surprised that Oregon State dropped that series against Arizona State. At the Obviously, they had the slugfest on Sunday. That could have went either way. Obviously, it goes Arizona State's way. They split with Cal State Fullerton. Cal State Fullerton's probably one of the better mid-major teams in the country when it comes to playing, you know, ranked or division, you know, uh, power five conference teams or whatever you want to call them. Um, I like Oregon in this spot because they're playing at home. I think Oregon, Arizona State is not worthy of being ranked, in my opinion. I think there may be some better teams out there. Uh, I think they lose two of three. I think Stoffel gets one of them, and then they're going to pick up, um, you know, another win at some point. It, the, I'm not saying the Ducks are good, but I like them playing at home against an overrated Arizona State team. Uh, so I think they're a good parlay team. They w- uh, If Campbell would have won last night, that would have been two straight nights where Oregon covered in a parlay for me. So I'm probably going to go back to the well, at least with Stoffel, and go from there. Speaking of Campbell, do you know who they played this weekend? I did not see who they played. I, I'll be honest, I didn't look. Because I don't I don't see them anywhere on the Friday slate. Can we talk about them real quick just to kind of end the Let's show? Let's talk about the Camels. I think they're slightly overrated. I know Johnny V's big on them. They have one good pitcher. When I look at the two power mid-major teams right now, it's Campbell and it's Coastal. And I'm taking Coastal all day long against Campbell. I mean, when I just look at the team's coastal plays and the dominance that they've showed as of recent, and then I look at Campbell, I'm, I know it was early in the season, but Coastal's beaten Wake Forest. Uh, they got beat by Clemson, but they've beat UNC. They've beat some good quality, you know, power five teams. And then when I look at Campbell, now Duke's obviously a good team, but they kind of struggled against them. They couldn't get the bats going. And, like, don't get me wrong, Duke's decent right now, but I wouldn't say their pitching's elite. Coastal actually so, scores. To play devil's know. advocate to that, do you is that recency bias because you just lost money backing them? <laughs> uh, I think I mean, it is. They're zero and two in the midweek, so I I get it. I mean, it's I think it is, but it bad. isn't. Like if, when I start to look at Omaha, when you look at the performances of mid-major teams, and you can even use Coastal when they won their title in 2016. You have to hit – now, granted, they have a lot more power than Campbell this year, I would say. Um, Campbell might have the edge pitching, but Carney, Horn, Morrison, they've really stepped up for Coastal as of late. They're they're playing hot right now. If I'm taking a team to Omaha, 
I need the team that can hit and score those late seventh, eighth, ninth inning runs. And I give that edge to Coastal. The ballpark doesn't play small out in Omaha, but they're a team that can hit a gap double. They can hit that line drive single to get that run in. As good as Campbell's pitching are, I don't think the hitting's there. I just don't think they have the clutchness come super regional and Omaha status where I think Coastal does. Well, that's just I see it. I don't know. Maybe to, I'm off. No, to help to help prove your point, their record versus RPI top twenty five teams. Campbell's is three and four, so they've got a losing record. Um, they're zero and zero versus the top fifty or twenty six through fifty. Coastal Carolina is also three and four versus top twenty five, but they're three and one against twenty six through fifty, and arguably one through 50 is really the better spectrum to look at because those are all going to be regional teams. So you may have some merit there. I mean, I, I think right now, if you, if you took Campbell and coastal Carolina and put them in Omaha and made them play a neutral site series, I would probably have to back coastal Carolina to win it. Just, I mean, coastal beat them that, should be your, that should really be your marker. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I just kind of wanted to throw that out just because I know a lot of, you know, they're, they're obviously one of the bigger mid-major teams to cover. And that's just kind of what I have now. Who does coastal play? I haven't looked them up either. I have not. Oh, Louisiana. That's right. That's another tough series, man. Louisiana's good. Yeah. I mean, they beat LSU. They, they're at home. That's Louisiana. a tough series. That's a tough series. I, I could see. Coastal dropping one. I really yeah. could. So it'll be well, interesting. I mean, I think we got to, we owe those two teams, you know, 30 seconds. We covered it. That's all I have. Um, I said what I said about Campbell. I think they're a good team. I don't think they're College World Series. I think Coastal can be. We'll there see. There you go. Well, thank you for joining us. If you watched it live, if not, check out the podcast or you can check out all of our stats and info on the week 11 matchups by visiting collegebaseballinsiders.com. I'm Matt Grissom at Grissom Tweets. That's Q at Q Millie. And I appreciate you uh, tuning in. Q, got anything else? I don't. Go Hogs, go Gators. Let's go, Gators. Uh, good, good vibes. Tonight. There you go. Good. Yep. All right. Cheers, y'all. Enjoy the weekend.